Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Hey, welcome in pro wrestling fans here on a Saturday. It is time for the podcast edition of Busted Open Radio. I'm your weekend host, Ryan McKinnell, and joining me in for the world's strongest man is the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer, in for Mark Henry on this Saturday. And Tommy, I'm really glad that you're in with me because we start the show today a little bit on a somber note, but also in a, in, in a way a celebratory note as we celebrate the life of the one and only Hacksaw Butch Reed passing away yesterday on Friday. And then, of course, us starting the show today and, and getting some stories from you and some context about a truly great legend of the professional wrestling world. Uh, if you're starting out as a wrestler or just a wrestling fan, you need to go and search. Go down that YouTube rabbit hole and watch Butch Reed's matches because the guy was an amazing, amazing worker. And I always say, celebrate his life. And you, you will learn something about his greatness. And, and seriously... It ended with a, a sad note with Butch, but it was a great week for professional wrestling and professional re- wrestling fans uh, from the Royal Rumble across the board. It gave us so many moments, and as performers, we live for those moments. Absolutely, and it wouldn't be a Saturday show, Tommy, if we didn't give the nation out there our weekly winner for the best show that was in the week of professional wrestling. And, Tommy, as it so often happens on a Saturday, we are just coming off another great SmackDown on Fox and do no thanks to no small part by the great work of the two talents that anchor that show in Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, and I should say Roman Reigns. The cliffhangers keep on continuing. Who will the Royal Rumble winners face? What a great week. What a great show. And it was a great week and a great show. But to find out just how great it was, you have to sit back, relax, click play on that browser. Let's get it going. Busted open on a Saturday. Fight Nation on Sirius XM. Live from the Sirius XM studios in New York City, this is Busted Open. Your only destination for daily pro wrestling talk in the entire world. From the independent scene to the main event of WrestleMania, no one covers pro wrestling like Busted Open. Eddie Guerrero was busted open. Hot topics, breaking news, and interviews with some of the biggest names in the game. A show designed for the fan by the fan. Old school. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. Meets new school. Busted open. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Live now.
Yeah, welcome in pro wrestling fans here on a Saturday. I am Ryan McKinnell. This is Busted Open Radio. Got the one and only innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer, in for Mark Henry today. And as you heard right there, the 10 bell salute as we kick off this Saturday. Another fallen legend in the professional wrestling world. Truly one of the greats of the business, specifically in the tag team world, the professional wrestling world today. Uh, Tommy saying goodbye to the one and only Hacksaw Butch Reed. Yeah, man. Sad uh, news. I cannot say that I knew the man personally. I met him a, a couple of times, but I probably have seen hundreds, if not thousands of his matches. Uh, he was such an amazing in-ring performer, both baby face and heel, drew yeah. money every single place he went and uh, had, I always say, you know, we mourn people in when they're passing, but we celebrate their life and their career. And, you know, last night I was watching his stuff, but a guy who truly, um, man, he can go. Uh, he really could go in the ring. Former NFL player, played with the Chiefs. Yeah. And then his entire career, he was he was a star. He really was. And as Black History Month, you know, gets underway here, Tommy, and we get into February, uh, you know, you think about Butch Reed and you think what he did for, uh, you know, the African-American community, the black community and professional wrestling, along with the likes of too many knew very well and others. But, you know, immediately when you think of Butch Reed, Ron Simmons, uh, Junkyard Dog, uh, just a, such a an important and special time in the history of the business in terms of the territories thriving and what he brought with Ron later in the NWA and WCW with Doom. And Tommy, you know, that's what I love about this show. Generationally speaking, I mean, you and you and Dave are like freaking pro wrestling encyclopedias, right? Me, I'm born in 83. I'm very much that suburban commando necessary roughness child of, no, excuse me, not necessary roughness. Uh, uh, you know what I was saying? Um, no holds barred. Um, very much that that child of Vince Creations, that WWE kid in the Midwest, only child. I didn't know about WCW until really around the time Ron Simmons was winning that title, Tommy, and, and it was becoming WCW a little bit later, and Ric Flair was coming up. They had action figures and video games. But, Tommy, I didn't know Mid-South. I didn't know Southern Wrestling. I didn't really know who Butch Reed was. I knew who Doom was, but at that time it was behind the mask. So I, I, I like doing this from the perspective of, you know, a, a kid like me, I mean, certainly back then I was a kid, but you were in like those kind of prime mark years, Tommy, oh, you were yeah. like a young pro wrestling fan. And I would imagine when they were doing their thing and taking out the Steiner brothers and working with the road warriors, you know, and, and doing what they were doing, there had to have been no scarier, cooler team than doom because to me, they were terrifying. And I would imagine, especially even to an 18 year old, a 20 year old, they still had that. They still had that realism. Yeah, well, he was a legit tough guy. Um, if It's funny if you go back and you look at pictures and you could find them uh, on the internet. If you look at Doom and then you look at a picture when Doom was unmasked, it was like everybody <laughs> in the entire wrestling world knew that they were Butch Reed and Ron Simmons when they were wearing masks. I don't know why they wore masks, <laughs> but it was like absurd that they were trying to pass them off just because of their amazing physiques. Right. Uh, the first time I had seen... Butch Reed wrestle. He started in uh, Central States area. I never got to see him there, but it was when he burst upon the scene in, in Florida. And man, when you talk about an instant star, he uh, won the tag titles. He immediately defeated uh, Dory Funk Jr. and became the, the, the regional champion. And then he started off with Ric Flair. And I mean, 
He embarrassed <laughs> Ric Flair on television, which is, you know, Ric Flair would basically say, you couldn't last five minutes in the ring with me. He lasted five minutes. And then uh, seeing our Broadways with Ric Flair, then he went, uh, there was a run in Georgia. Then he went to the Mid-South where he really became a mega, mega star and feuding with the Junkyard Dog, you know, winning the North American title and just being one badass wrestler. And then after the Junkyard Dog left, he he was still was there. I, I remember a feud, him and uh, Jim Neidhart, they were tag team champions after they lost the titles. Uh, Butchery turned on Neidhart, and then they had this weird uh, feud where they got to wear their football helmets, or they did football helmet on a pole match, and Butchery, you know, won, blast Jim Neidhart over the head with his Chiefs helmet because uh, Jim Neidhart played with the Raiders, so there was also that rivalry. And, you know, he had the big, if it wasn't the Gorilla Press Slam, or it was the flying shoulder block was his finish. Uh, the guy was great. And then I remember when, you know, as always, the he, he showed up to the WWE. Now he has the blonde hair. He's the natural Butch Reed. And he wasn't the same. And, and a lot of, you know, Dave goes nuts about stuff where they, you know, turn Ricky Steamboat into the dragon. Dusty Rhodes wore the polka dots. Of course. <laughs> uh, Butch Reed was... Urban legend, uh, and he has, on various shoot interviews, he has, uh, basically, he was supposed to beat Ricky Steamboat for the Intercontinental title, and then didn't show up for the tapings. He kind of was, it was, it was a, it was a story of, he was burnt out or something, Tommy. It was just too many shows on the road. I remember those, those guys did it, you know, seven days a week. I think you'd have like one day off a month, maybe two. Yeah. And he finally just like, nope, and he missed the TVs, and that's why they put him on the Honky Tonk Man. And then the Honky Tonk Man, you know, was the, at the time, that was his gimmick, the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion. So the his career trajectory kind of changed. Maybe that's why he didn't have the career he should have had in the WWE. Um, who knows? Uh, again, there's been different reports where he's reported it on different interviews once he said no and then another one he said yes so there's been that uh contradiction and then he went to wcw and he united with uh ron simmons as doom and he was more of the veteran helping out the younger ron simmons and they just took off man they you know former tag team champions and of course they split and then there was also like a weird time with wcw where they bring in so many different guys or like put them together. He had left WCW. I think he went back to central States. Then he came back. And, and uh, that was pr- pretty much the last time we saw him on the national level right. until uh, when I first met him, it was uh Teddy Long's wedding and they brought him and, and Ron back, which was, I remember there was a, a line full of wrestlers just totally like marking out like Axel Butchery is here. Oh my gosh. And, uh, he was cool. And I met him a bunch of times after that at, at conventions, but I really, like I said, didn't know the man. I, I reached out to Ron Simmons yesterday just to yeah. say, offer my condolences. And, and he's pretty tore up. Uh, at, you know, that was his brother and you know, there he's, uh, he he will an amazing career and every wrestling fan should go and seek out a hacksaw Butch Reed match, or every wrestler should go out there and look at his matches because you can learn so much 
for how good he was. I mean, last night I I, I dove into the world of YouTube, and it was you know Hacksaw Butch Reed versus Dusty Rhodes, Hacksaw Butch Reed versus Kamala, all these different styles. Again, great babyface, great heel, always drew money, could talk, could work, and, and did everything that you're supposed to do. If you're a babyface, he's fighting for you. If he's a heel, he's he's uh, cowering. He's you know moving away when it's not um, going his favor and resting and and taking breaks. And when it's time to get uh, get it going, when his opponent was injured, he beat the living crap out. He was, he was a great worker, really was. Great stuff there from the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer, as he shares his memories of Butch Reed and Nation. It is a Saturday. We'll be getting to SmackDown and Weekly Winter and all the stuff that you come accustomed to here on a Saturday as the show goes on. But we also want to hear your memories and thoughts from the legend Butch Reed, 877-344-4893, 877-FIGHT93. Tommy, uh, you know, one thing about Butch Reed that we were kind of talking about, I remember him. You know, you talk about that WWF run. I remember the tournament at, at WrestleMania. I think it was it was uh, whatever. I think he lost in that first round of four. Um, he had that match. He had that match against Coco at three, I believe it was. Like, what I'm saying is, like, I knew who Butch Reed was, but I don't remember him and recall him as that Mid-South, that Southern legend, as you said, that single superstar. And that's why I'm so glad I get to do this show with you today, because you're able to contextualize that. And as I talk about, you know, context, Tommy, we were talking before the show, you actually got to see Butch Reed and Ron Simmons as Doom in one of their bigger matches at the Meadowlands, really, really in their prime, Tommy. I've seen him wrestle at the Garden as the natural, and I've seen him wrestle uh, the Road Warriors in Doom. And it was actually, that was the last live show I ever went to as a fan. It was the Road Warriors versus Doom, because I had a whopping two matches under my belt. And I was, you know, ready for my WWE title push. And I was sitting front row with uh, my girlfriend, and... Total loving the show. And my trainer, WWE Hall of Famer Johnny Rods, was like, you can't go to shows. You can't be a mark. <clears throat> you People pay to see you wrestle. You can't be now sitting in those stands. And I'm like, he's crazy, old man. I don't want to listen to him. I want to go see a wrestling show. And I'll never forget it, man. Butch Reed backed up uh, Road Warrior Animal to the ropes, and I'm right there, and I'm watching, you know, because, again, I've had two matches. I've been training for, like, six months. And Hacksaw goes, duck my line, give me two. And I, he shoots off Road Warrior Animal. Road Warrior Animal ducks his clothesline. And then he gives him two clotheslines. And then he rolls out. And I, it was like uh, a murder mystery when all the pieces come together. And I was like, oh, they even do that in the pros? And here I am being a professional wrestler. But it wasn't, like, totally sinking in. I was going to say, I'm surprised you didn't know that with your vast experience at the time. Yeah, but, I mean, you got to understand, man. My, <laughs> my trainer, even though I had two matches, it was like calling it all in the ring uh, or just going out and feeling it. I remember being so nervous. Like, I wouldn't talk to my opponent. I would just react on how your body reacted. And or if he said something, I just did it because I was in total freak-out mode. Anyway. Um, it was like all the lights went on at that moment. And that was the last ever wrestling show I ever attended as a fan just because like I got it. And it was funny. I, I told you my second ever match, I signed three autographs that day. And those same three people 
were at that show and I remember like ducking my head like oh my gosh they're gonna see me like I was totally embarrassed and uh, I didn't want to stay for the main but uh it, it's funny to think about it now but it was that uh the glass was broken definitely uh watching that and I also couldn't believe it. I told him too and I you know I told uh Animal as well he just screamed it out. He didn't care. He wasn't like <laughs> quietly. I mean, the crowd was pretty loud, but I was just, I guess I was just studying it so, so hard. And it was, I had the, the mental image in my head, big animals back and butchery. Just, it looked, he was telling me and I was just like, whoa, no way. <laughs> Great stuff from Tommy Dreamer here on this Saturday. We are busted open. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to dive into SmackDown. Of course, we'll be taking your calls throughout the show. Memories of Butchery, thoughts on SmackDown, weekly winner, and plenty, plenty more. 877-344-4893, 877-FIGHT93. We will be right back after this quick break. Rest in power, Butchery. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Roman Reigns last night on Friday night SmackDown. Sick of waiting, Tommy Dreamer. Sick of waiting. The head of the table, the tribal chief, waits for no one. He got his answer a little bit later in the show, or at least he got the man that he was calling out, and that was Edge. But, Tommy, as you heard right there, SmackDown starting off last night with another captivating promo from the one and only Roman Reigns. Absolutely. And if you think about every great heel, they have a warped, twisted sense of reality. <laughs> and Roman Reigns has, there's merit to what he is saying, but he has this warped, twisted sense of his own reality, which Paul Heyman feeds into him as well. <clears throat> and great, great promo. There are, like I said, there's merit to things that he says but it's also where you could just be like well you know it's we wanted to do it this way he wants to do things his way it was almost made you feel uncomfortable and uh, mm. i've said this before on the show if you ever go and watch goodfellows there's uh joe pesci the part where they're all at the bar and they're all hang and he's like oh so so i'm funny and here's a guy who, you know, kills people. And he was just like, you know how you're a funny guy? He's like, oh, you know. And that whole scene went from such laughter and uh, happiness to this awkward, awkward, like, is he going to whack uh, him right then and there? Even to the point right, where he gets, pulls... It gets, it, it gets extremely dark at the drop of yes. a hat. Well, funny how. Pulls tell me, out tell his me gun. how I'm funny. Yeah, yeah. He pulls out his gun. He's like, I'll whack you right here, you son of a... That scene... It is great where if you really think of a mind of a psychopath or a mind of a true heel and Roman Reigns is, is portraying that and his delivery and all, all that stuff. I mean, it, it was great. It really was. And, you know, the where is Edge going to go is such a great cliffhanger. Who's he going to face? 
the bringing back Kevin Owens for the stunner. Are they going to have another match in the elimination chamber? Right. There's a lot of things like it was a great way to set up it. And, you know, a lot of fans want answers. But when you have to write episodic television week to week, it was an amazing cliffhanger. And Edge just standing over him. It was great. I loved it. Well, let's talk about, or let's hear, I should say, more specifically from that finish that Tommy is referencing last night on SmackDown. You heard the call out to start the show. Roman Reigns saying, why am I out here first? Why am I waiting for the old man Edge? Well, later in the show, old man Edge shows up fresh off his win last Sunday at the Royal Rumble and gives, well, he gives Roman a piece of his mind right up until the returning, as Tommy alluded to. Kevin Owens comes in, closes the show with a stunner. This is the finale of SmackDown last night on Fox. You disrespected me. Therefore, you disrespected my family. So I'm only going to say this once. Acknowledge me. Acknowledge me as the main event of WrestleMania. Acknowledge me as the champion of choice. Say my name. You understand me? Say my name. That's your cue. Go. Oh my God, Kevin Owens! A stutter to Reigns! Roman out with his best Destiny's Child, hitting him with the Say My Name right up until Kevin Owens. Well, he doesn't say his name, but he announces himself with authority. Tommy Dreamer, you just heard it. You saw it last night as you were referencing. What do you think happens now with a returning Kevin Owens, and how do you think this plays and sets up to Elimination Chamber and obviously beyond into Mania? Uh, I would still say I would go with him and Kevin uh, at Elimination Chamber and and do that match. Uh, The biggest, the bigger question to me is who is Edge going to decide? I really do I don't know about him and Drew McIntyre as well as I don't know. I think him and Roman Reigns is the match that I want to go to. I don't know if I'd want to stretch Kevin and Roman to WrestleMania since I've seen it. There, there's so many great places you go. I mean, you could also go at elimination, uh, chamber, a tag with edge and Owens versus Reigns and Jay Uso. Um, I don't think you want to make it a three-way. There's um, so many places to go. And I know Edge appeared on NXT. I I don't think it's Edge versus Finn Balor. Um, I think they would say that. I mean, I don't even know if NXT is going to be defended uh, at WrestleMania. You know, there's, there's a lot of speculation. Will they have representation? Who knows? Um, not my show to book, but it's uh, it's really, really good to see where you can go. And again, Edge having that main event thing, it's great. It's great to call because plus, you know, Edge being uh, Edge and Hall of Famer, it's a great story. For me, it's the, the better story to defeat or to wrestle. I would love to see him win it. Um, and if he defeats Roman Reigns, you know, you could go from there because, I mean, Edge was a top. He was the yeah. MVP of SmackDown for a long time. Yeah. And with Fox involved, I, I just think that's, I, I'd say, bigger. But then do you want to have him on Raw with Drew McIntyre? But if he beats Drew McIntyre, how does that help, you know, Drew, who has been the face of the company? Um, I just think it's more money on the main event with Roman Reigns and Edge. And, and you think about 
Roman Reigns' history. He's closed uh, a few WrestleManias, and I just think it's uh, I just think it's a bigger. I would go Seth versus Drew, and mm. I would go um, Edge versus Roman. Well, I'm with you as in in terms of what we saw last night between Edge and Roman, and kind of the conclusion of the <clears throat> excuse me the Edge World Tour here, this mini World Tour, uh, as you kind of reference Monday Night Raw, NXT, SmackDown, obviously, you know having his match on, on, on at the Royal rumble and going the full, you know, from first to last, which is uh normally it's not a good thing, but it's a great thing at the Royal rumble as edge did on Sunday. You talked about Tommy, the promo that Roman cut, you know, there was some truth in it, but you know, the WWE went about it their way. I think you were referencing the fact that edge went to all these shows and Roman was like, why are you wasting time going to these shows? You know, I'm the a prize, you know, you're coming after me. Listen, Tommy, I think we all knew, or we're all hoping that Roman is the matchup because, again, it is the top prize in WWE right now. That's no disrespect to Drew McIntyre, but if we're just talking about the best story in WWE, the best storytelling in WWE, Roman has been a part of that for the last three or four months, right? And as you head into WrestleMania, you want your best story. And I'm sure Fox wants their best story possible told. And I do think, you know, Edge is that story. But that brings me back, Tommy, to Sunday, and I mean, I haven't got to talk to the nation in, in those six days. I know you got to hop in on Wednesday, but just the, I was really, really, really shocked at the, uh, the amount of sort of indecisiveness from professional wrestling fans. And in some cases, Tommy, the amount of venom that edge was getting for being booked to win that Royal rumble. I loved it. I understand the need to put eyes on the new product and, and the youth and to, and to build for the future. But this, this stuff that meth, the edge looks like a meth head and that, you know, he, he, you know, you need to be, he's not deserving of the shot or that he is, and he doesn't need it. There was just so much conjecture and so much talk around that win where, I, I got to be honest, Tommy, I would have thought that if you had a guy like Edge going from one to the end and, and ending up the Royal Rumble champion with the story of the last 10 years, I thought it would have been a universally beloved sort of storyline. But then again, I guess I forget that we operate in the professional wrestling world and you can't please everyone. Uh, listen, um, I've ex it's I'm not the type of person I make fun of myself more than anything. And I have very, very thick skin. Yeah. Um, I have never seen the amount uh if i was from this generation i would say of ageism if that was uh if that's a thing uh sure even it is. me at 50 years old uh getting a title shot uh for impact on my on my 50th birthday next week i had a lot a lot 70% of people were happy 30% coming at me like I am the worst person in the world because someone's <laughs> offering me a title shot. And with with Edge, Edge going in there, everyone pray last year, the Royal Rumble was the last event we had with fans. There was a viral movement after Edge appeared of people just showing clips of fans' reactions to Edge's music and Edge coming back. People were crying. Yeah. A year later, he's back after suffering another injury. He comes back, and he has this amazing story where, where you know, it, you have to understand being in the Rumble is one thing. Wrestling for that amount of time at that age with all the injuries that he has had and 
it's like they loved the fact that he was going to be in there, you know, one. Was he number one or number two? Was Randy one or was Edge one? I think he was one. He was okay. one. He was one, and I think Randy was two. Okay. Um, Does it matter? But no, uh, I get what you're saying. <laughs> no, I I get it, but I'm just saying, yeah. like, you're in there for that amount of time. that The Royal yeah. Rumble has been made to – it has created superstars. You know, uh, it, it's the – the significant match that has helped elevated people. It put Rey Mysterio into the main event picture when everyone wanted Rey Mysterio to be this main eventer and the ultimate underdog. Um, back when Ric Flair did it, you know, he was the first, or Shawn Michaels. It was just like this, oh, my God, how can you last this hour? You know, now the, the Rumble is, what, every a new entrant every minute? I think yeah, it's yeah. changed. It's every minute, yeah. But it, these amazing performances that have gone down, and, and to do that, and then it was like everyone was so happy last year. Everyone was even happy this year up until he won. And then it's like, how dare you? He's old. He should be doing this. It's like, and that's, yeah, and that's where when you <laughs> flip the switch like that, it's, it's weird, man. Uh, and, and it shouldn't be that way. Edge is an amazing performer who's gotten himself in amazing shape and have, has come back from – Literally where the doctor would say, you will be cripple in a wheelchair if you take another bump. Right. And he went from the champion at WrestleMania to the next day having to give up that title. And if you think about it, he went into the ring, and no one talks about this. He went into the ring at WrestleMania knowing this. That's a great point, yeah. He still went out and performed in front of that why because he was going to be wrestling in front of thousands of people as the champion and risked his life to entertain you and then you want to come back with any hate uh towards him or or because he's gotten himself in such great shape like you want to talk about his look i thought edge looked like what he is a superstar last night he was a little cleaner shaven yeah i thought he looked great but you can't hate somebody for winning um that's because then you're losing. I like that. Listen, I and, and one more thing on this 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 whole situation as we talk about Edge winning the Royal Rumble. One of the things that I was hearing from my close group of friends and um, you know, great pro wrestling minds. Some of them have been covering it for over ten years and, and and been fans for as long as you know I have thirty plus years. Right? Uh, this idea, you know, that that Edge isn't the ultimate baby face in the company right now. That was my counter. Was like this just what you set up. Have you not been watching the last 10 years, 15 years of this guy's career, specifically since the injury, the retirement, and what we had to you know, view, as you mentioned, coming off of that WrestleMania and then retiring the next night, the struggle and everything. Like, this isn't, and this, I mean, this really isn't a disrespect to Bill Goldberg, but it's going to sound like it. He's not Bill Goldberg. Like, he's in here wrestling matches. He's in here caring about the business. Like, and, and again, that's not to say Bill Goldberg doesn't. It just when you get the feeling when Bill's back that it's not going to be for any su substantial point of time. I don't get the feeling that it's necessarily with the love of pro wrestling behind it. That's just my feeling as a fan watching it. With Edge, it's the complete opposite. I get the feeling that this is a man that loves the business with all his heart, that he wants to give back to the business with every possible percentage and fiber of his being. Right. And then I hear back from these these naysayers, these detractors, Tommy, that are like, well, he was always the, uh, the 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 ultimate opportunist. He was never really a baby face. Well, that's fine. I get what you're saying. I understand the edge of old. But can't you I mean, 
Tommy, there's no denying that the narrative of his of his entire career has shifted just over these last 10 years because of what we've been bonded through through the trauma of you know viewing and experiencing this edge story together. He is a massive baby face. Absolutely. And listen, for I have traveled the world with Edge. I have seen him where we'd be in the car and I he'd be like, "Hey man, you know, uh I used to drive the most, but he was I would usually let him drive too and I don't let a lot of people drive because he <laughs> likes to drive but there would be times okay. like hey man and when you're traveling with the champ you're you're leaving the building last because he ha- he's the last match plus when fans are filing out of the building you're you're the last person to leave the building and you know you want to grab something to eat and he'd be like hey I'm so tired because he's having the main event uh, of a live event and we're doing it when and so many of them it was uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We're on the road. Wow. And he would, I remember there would be times like he would go into, and I would call it Skeletor, because he would go where like it looked like his face would go back into his own head. I would also see his fingers like cr- cripple up like into like little balls of fists where he looked like he was sleeping in pain as I'm driving the car. And he would just have like these moments of total like like you could just see the pain trying to leave his body or just having that moment of oh thank god and you know and we're driving through the middle of the night you know to the next town and i'd be like oh you know you want to go to the gym he's like no i got to do media i got to be up at seven and we're checking into hotel three four o'clock in the morning and we don't have to be at the building until you know one o'clock and he, you know he couldn't go to the gym he's like if you get up later maybe i'll meet you in the gym uh but i don't know how long my media is going to go you have no clue the toll that takes on on a person and to see him come back from what he has uh, again you think your life is going great you're on top of the world you're you're literally the champion of the WWE and then that gets taken away from you um same with christian another yeah. i wished that fans were in attendance because Christian's return to the Rumble would have been another viral moment of everyone reacting to how great Christian was. And, and them coming together, years. Tommy. And oh, them yeah. coming together in the ring and the tears. Come on. We had that with Daniel Bryan a couple of years ago uh, where, you know, again, another time where a person was, their career was cut short. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of people who get that opportunity. Same which happened to Shawn Michaels. Hell, the same want to say kind of happened to me i never really stopped but i was in the office i was beat up i broke my neck and my back and i've never had a surgery and i was working behind the scenes in wwe and me wrestling very very sporadically actually helped my body heal where i wasn't taking this pounding all the time until i pretty much went back i I mean i kind of took like two years off and i'm still going so you, you're still you going. <laughs> you can't hate on people for following their dreams. And it's also it's an amazing story. It truly is. It is. It is. And what better way to, you know, make the dastardly Roman Reigns look even more villainous heading into WrestleMania than this great matchup with the ultimate baby face. And that's right. In seven days, Tommy Dreamer going to be turning the big five. Oh, hopefully, Tommy, you won't even you won't have to be in for Mark Henry on your 50th birthday. I'm hoping you will get, will give you a break at least in seven days. History is happening. 20 years from now, this is going to be the most talked about championship of all time. And the history books are being written on Sirius XM NBA Radio. Every big shot in the NBA playoffs. Bang! Luka 
Doncic just won it for the Mavericks. Every twist and turn in the bubble. LeBron is not going to win a title if Anthony Davis is not playing at a high level. Don't miss a moment of the 2020 NBA playoffs with games every night on your 24-7 home for hoops. Series 207 XM 86. Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair getting into it. A little bit of the... A little bit of interference, a little bit of uh, conjecture there by the one and only Reggie, Reginald, the sommelier, getting it in as well on a Friday night on Fox. I am Ryan McKinnell, got Tommy Dreamer in for Mark Henry. This is Busted Open on a Saturday, and a lot of decisions last night. Tommy, on SmackDown, Edge showing up. We still don't have a decision made from Edge. Well, hell, we still don't necessarily have a decision made from Bianca Belair, but it sure looks like, as it does with Edge and Roman, that it looks like Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks is what we're going to be looking at heading into Mania. And, and Tommy, I couldn't be happier. This is a dream match for a lot of people. You know, Bianca Belair is having herself a hell of a month, obviously, with her chronicle on the network, the story being told, and then her own story being told in front of our eyes, you know, on Sunday live at the Royal Rumble being played out this week. I, I Listen, I love that back and forth last night between Sasha and uh, between Sasha and Bianca. I love the attitude, and it feels like we're just getting started. A lot on the horizon, Tommy Dreamer. Absolutely. And listen, Bianca, I called it on this show and it got a lot of uh, traction that I saw something in her a long time ago um, when Mm. she was just in NXT. I was like, this woman's going to be a star and she is primed and ready because they're handing her the ball and she's running with it. Whoever she faces, it's going to be an amazing athletic competition. And the the girl has it. She has everything that you're looking for um, because of of her athleticism. Then you also look at Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks has had it for a long time. And if you want to talk about, you know, we're looking at Bianca Belair because of her time in the business, like she is this new rookie. Um, If we're talking about age, she's actually older than Sasha Banks. And (laughs) just because Sasha has been on television um, and was been in the business a lot longer, but that will never be mentioned on WWE programming. But it's it's amazing to see how quickly Bianca has adapted and moved forward. And even that, when we talk about moments, the female or the woman's Royal Rumble with the final four, the final three, you looked at that and you're like, wow, I have so much on my horizon and my future where it's going to be, because we don't know where Rhea Ripley's going to be. Right. Uh, she had an amazing performance. She's a, a, a another knockout breakthrough star that is just sitting, I guess, waiting or they're not don't know what they're doing with her debut. But what a performance she had. And, and you know, here we're talking about people in their early 30s uh, where those are people in your prime. And I always say any championship team has rookies that step up people in their prime, and veterans to help them win championships. That has been the course for every great team to win any across the board in any sport, and that's what you're seeing right now. Well, in Rhea Ripley's case, Tommy, uh, 24 years old. So, you're, you, I mean, you, you talk about that final three at the Royal Rumble. That was my thing was just watching that. And, I mean, there was you know, Charlotte. You, you get a view of the past, present, future in some regards, but it was that – for me, seeing that and seeing the way it stepped up and the visual of it was just sort of a culmination of, my God, we actually have. Because, again, 
I, I come from a different era, Tommy. You definitely come from a different era uh, in terms of the way women were perceived and accepted in the business. Even when I was, you know, coming up, it was, you know, Sable and Sunny, still a lot of managerial roles. Then when it was, you know, even when it was more action, it was a lot of brawn panties and mud fighting and just like a lot of ridiculousness, right? It obviously improved over time, but what we're living with right now with these superstars and Tommy, I choose that word very carefully. They are superstars. These are badass women. These are action figures. And I got, and it's been that way for a minute, you know, with, with Charlotte, Sasha Bailey, Ronda Rousey coming over. It's been that way, but just to have that moment in the rumble with that final three, to have that visual and to say, Holy shit, those are three characters that I am fully enveloped in as again, action figures, professional wrestlers. I got to be honest, Tommy, I never would have thought that as a possibility 20 years ago and now it's just the norm and it's so beautiful to me oh absolutely and yes the business evolves you know when my generation you know there was a handful of women matches when i was a fan um ecw kind of brought women more to light putting them in the main events and it was always the you know gratuitous cat fight and yes right. it was always selling the element of sex appeal and that was the time, the 90s. You had these beautiful women who went out there scantily clad, and yep. it was just like, you know, because if you look at a wrestling audience, it was predominantly male. And, you know, you would have your heels beat up the women. You would have your baby faces like me pile drive the women. And then WWE <laughs> just took it, you know, next level. Um, and then they realized, uh, I always would say there was used to be a big difference. Of, oh, that was a good woman's match. Now it's just like, man, right. that was a great match. Like that was said, that was a great woman's rumble as well as, hey, it was a great men's rumble. There is no one is better than the other. It's just, you know, some I said it. Oscar versus Charlotte Flair was the best wrestling match that year at WrestleMania, the best pure wrestling match. So the women have all, again, progressed move forward because the business has, and that's how it should be. Um, and not to discredit, because I remember Terry Runnels almost choking to death in a pillow fight because she swallowed a feather for real. And she was choking to death on television. And also with all the women who had to do all that, I always would give them great praise because they would go out there and thongs and brom panty matches. Oh, we got to strip you, you know, till you're in your, you know, bra and panties. Right. The, what guy would go out there and, and say, oh, go strip me out into my underwear, except you're, unless you're Ric Flair. They're, those women went out there dressed <laughs> like that, doing the things that they did or put in like, you know, spots like that, that I don't know, ha you know, there's so many men who were more self-conscious than anything, you know, and like, I wouldn't do that. You know, uh, most guys would want to cover up their bodies as opposed to, go out there and, you know, look in, look in the shape that those women did and you go out there and wrestle and do all that stuff. But it, it is, or I don't know if you've ever fought in mud or been around it or tried to walk in it, and these ladies are, are performing on television doing that stuff. So my hat was always off to them because of, you know, the spots they were put in. And also a lot of times the women were put into, hey, you have to quiet the crowd down, go out there and have a match. Think of that, like, loser spot. And they go out there and tear it up. So, you know, the, I'm happy the business has evolved for women because I think we'll be looking at who Bianca is going to face and this amazing athletic match that she's going to have whoever she faces because that's how the business has progressed forward.
Absolutely. And you talk about the decision that, 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 you know, lays ahead for Bianca and it's the same decision that, that edge has. And there's a lot of, you know, commentary and people's thoughts on that, you know, edge showing up at NXT on Wednesday sparked a lot of conversation. Uh, Dave and Mark were talking about Bianca yesterday. And I think it was uh, Mark who floated the idea, but, you know, potentially Bianca returning to NXT to challenge for a belt that she was uh, not able to attain. And obviously we saw that last year with, with Charlotte and the story told with Rhea and, and listen, I understand as we talk about Bianca, Tommy, and w- what we think is going to happen next. I'm going to throw that question to you. I, I got to be honest, Tommy. I think NXT is completely off the table. That's not to say that NXT doesn't have a great product and often wins weekly winner here on this very show. It's a great product, but that product is Tommy viewed as a lower tier than the quote unquote main roster, whether it is or isn't is completely immaterial. I'm talking about optics here, right? Bianca Belair didn't fight her way through NXT to get this shot to win the Royal Rumble, to spend this last year on WWE television, to, to, to attain this sort of honor, to then, uh, and again, I don't want this to sound bad, but it's a different case for everybody, right? Last year with Charlotte, it wasn't a step back because of all that Charlotte had accomplished. She could go back and challenge for that NXT title. No one thought anything of it. In fact, it was looked at as awesome. It was a cool little story, right? Bianca Belair is not going to do that. She doesn't have the titles that Charlotte has. She doesn't have the accolades on Monday and Friday that Charlotte has. She doesn't have the titles that Charlotte has. This is about kicking in that door to one day get to what Charlotte is at. Then I think Bianca could come back. So, Tommy, for me, it's a no-brainer. It's the boss versus the EST. It's charisma versus charisma. And in this case, something Ed was talking about yesterday, Tommy, it's babyface versus babyface. And I have no problem with that because you can let the competitiveness tell the story yeah i i agree i especially agree with the baby face baby face but you also have um two baby faces who have um i don't know the proper word but uh, they (laughs) have a lot of self-confidence and how they deliver their promos because they have self-confidence about their in ring and or how they present themselves or you know if i'm um Bianca Belair I'm saying to myself I think I'm the strongest female in WWE cuz I know what weight so who is going to be able to lift more than me nobody who is more athletic than me I don't I don't know who is um I would say um Naomi and Sasha probably are are the ones who in ring, like, or as athletic, like have, I'm just talking athletic ability, able to do things Pop. like yeah. that. And yeah. so they both have this attitude about them that the fans love. It's, it's, it, they both have the complete package. Yeah. Um, but most of the women do too. I mean, Carmella has stepped up. I yeah. love, uh, I guess, is he the a valet? Is that the proper term? Yeah, for... Reginald? Yeah, that, Reginald. that works. He's a valet. Yeah, Reggie. He is awesome, man. <laughs> uh, is. I'm a big, <laughs> I put him on 205 Live to try to spark that. Sommelier, uh, and... guys. Okay. He's fancy. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's official official title of Sommelier. Yes, yes. Thank you, Andre. Um, To go back to also what you're talking about with NXT, with Edge going there. Yeah. Um here's my proof of where if also I'm Vince McMahon, I sent my biggest star there and you got crushed in the ratings. Yeah. That's and a great, yeah. I, I did want to get to that. Tommy. My, I'm not going to hang my hat on, you know, that title match. 
mm. where it and it's again ratings are so false to go by um because of how it's skewed but there is a straight up number well i brought him to pop this rating and it didn't happen so now what i can't do for wrestlemania and you know like our caller before or even like fans it's only going to be like 20 to 25,000 people well there's a great wrestlemania in your old hometown of rosemont horizon or the all-state arena that holds 17,000 and go back and listen to that crowd it's just because <laughs> of how and and probably most of the wrestlers favorite place to wrestle because of the crowd and the excitement the reason why is because we have to have that spaced out and it will still sound super loud think of how loud AEW sounds at times where people are always singing Jericho's and there's only like a thousand people in town. Yeah, there's like no one there's like no one in there. Yeah. They space them out, mm-hmm. but it sounds great on television. So um and then with, you know, the WWE production, how they could also probably pipe in crowd noise on top of real crowd noise. And it's just it's gonna be great. Uh we had the other caller talk about uh Alexa Bliss yeah, those are things that you're also seeing production-wise. Whether that was live and during the match, uh, and then she they kept her off camera, propped up there, did her thing, or that could be a little bit of I like to call it COVID magic. You could have taped that before, just standing there, and her doing all that stuff, and then gone back to the live stuff with Edge spearing him. There's yeah. so many and splice that because what you think you're watching live, uh-uh, we're not live, buddy. You could you could do a little bit of magic in there. So and that's what I what I'm trying to say to the listeners. That's the beauty of professional wrestling, where we always have to keep you guessing. You always could think what you're seeing is one thing, but guess what? It's not. Uh, um, that's why I love the world of professional wrestling. It truly is. I, I've done personal things where people thought it was live and it wasn't or just a little bit of, you know, editing uh, when you're doing a pre-tape show. But there's also things like that. There's always those little delays because of back in the day it used to be with curses or if anything happens, (laughs) you have that delay, but you could splice in stuff. And if you're not there, you have a a cameraman or a person whose job is I'm going to be in that corner. All right, we're out of this clip. Go. And you put it all together. It's amazing. It's, it's editing on the fly. It's great. Tommy, you referenced the ratings from Wednesday, and I do agree. It's 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 hard to judge what ratings mean in this era of streaming and and content, you know, consumption. It's not the '90s. It, it doesn't mean the exact same thing. But when you look at a Wednesday Wednesday comparison and whatever that number was, I don't have it in front of me, but it was about a 200k difference between AEW and NXT. Tommy, obviously NXT having the return of Edge, AEW having uh, the wedding <laughs> with Kip Sabian and, and Miro, but really the 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 big part i referenced the wedding because the wedding was happening when edge was returning on uh nxt but obviously that big return of kenta and what that means for the future but tommy what would that would that number in any way skew or affect the decision of what could happen to edge you know what i mean because i think a lot of people looked at that and was like wow two hundred thousand on the return of edge Uh, i think dave Meltzer said it's a disaster there's no other way to put it uh, I, I'm just curious. Does that does that affect the booking as we head into late March, early April? I think if you wanted to say, well, NXT and Finn Balor should uh, challenge Edge, I would literally take that and push it off the table and say, nope, because here's why. <laughs> okay. 
um, that's the only thing it gives it to. And there is no credit. Listen, NXT was a frigging weekly. It's a great show. I great. love NXT. I really, really do. I enjoy it. There's so many great things about it. Um, I know I, what I would do if I was there differently. But, I mean, hey, they have, it's just, they have a bit of an uphill battle because what AEW has is a lot of stars as well as newer talent. Um, and they know they're not going to go anywhere. The biggest problem, I've, and I've said this, NXT is college football. I know my star is going to leave at any given time and go somewhere else. I look at it as I, I appreciate them why they're, they're here. But it's, you know, look at Damian Priest. He had, he goes, he could become a big star. They're obviously giving him the ball. Or um, he could be disappeared like Keith Lee. It could happen just that, like that quickly. So it's, I don't know, it, it, but it's not my, I don't need to worry about it. I need to talk about it because it's part of my job. I know what I would do if I was in charge of it. They're, they're not missing anything. They're frigging entrances alone are like movies. I mark out, <laughs> and I've seen so many great entrances, I mark out seeing uh, Karrion Cross's um, entrance. And he's a person that I helped I helped him. He worked my own house of hardcore shows. He worked. I helped him in Impact Wrestling, and now to see him on that great stage, it's like whoa. Or even what they're doing with MSK, another tag team that is amazing. Um, their uh, their entrances alone are are worthy to watch, and so is their wrestling. It's but there's just different little aspects of it that. I, why are people watching something else? I feel that's that's the biggest reason. And, you know, right. nothing against Fandango, but when you're beaten so much on television, on Raw or SmackDown, and then you come back to NXT, you know, I don't want to say you're, you're thought of as, you know, you're demoted. If you're a big star in Major League Baseball and then you get uh, brought back down to AAA, that's, that's kind of a demotion. And though they are different brands and all that stuff, it's all going to change once we get out of COVID. I'm telling you this, but we just got to get there. I like it. I like it. And you bring up Kerry and Cross, and now all I'm thinking about, Tommy, is that face-to-face -face between Kerry and Cross and Edge on Wednesday, which for me, I mean, you know, I talked about it on this show before. Big Kerry and Cross guy, Tommy, and I know obviously you talk about how you helped him uh, obviously an impact and, and house of hardcore uh, seeing him in that position. And I forget exactly what edge said in the back and forth, but it was something like, uh, you know, make your decision cross said to edge, make your decision and make it wisely uh, because it's not going to be Balor or Pete Dunn. When you make that decision, it's going to be me. And edge said something to the effect of, well, you know, those are those are those sound like threatening words, but those words can also be motivation and be careful because a motivated me might get me back here and you might not like that. I love that, Tommy, from the standpoint, nothing may ever come from that. We don't know. Like you said, you might get disappeared like Keith Lee. Another thing that made me sad. Um, but but you also put that piece of business out there because you can swing back around on it. And I would be lying if I didn't say the, the thought of carrying crosswords edge absolutely entices the hell out of me. Dude, if you did Edge, let's say Edge versus Drew McIntyre or Edge mm -hmm. versus Roman Reigns and uh, 
if Edge leaves without with the title, as opposed to my brilliant idea in WWE, you can have it with Miz uh, cashing in and taking it away from Edge. Um, if you have that moment where here comes Edge on his first TV, and then the lights flicker, and here, and then you have Karrion Cross, and he comes out there, and he's like, "Hey, I told you, you have your story that was set months before." With that, and right then and there, you have a bona fide star. I don't think he would, they would do that, but think of that where, like, oh my God, the balls on this guy to come from NXT right to the yes. champ. Wow. That's making like a star. It. And that's yeah. what this business needs is more bigger stars. And then you build that with the bigger stars of years past, like Edge, especially when they can still work. Be positive here out here, pro wrestling fans. This is Edge we're talking about. Say Bill Goldberg. It's great to have him back. It's great to have him giving back into the business and, and sticking around and, and hopefully having some solid matches, assuming he can stay healthy, which I know we're all, you know, hoping for, especially here on this show, because we love talking about Edge. Hello, SiriusXM. This is Pat McAfee. Starting Wednesday, my show is coming to Mad Dog Sports Radio. If you don't know me, here's a resume. I used to kick balls for a living. Sometimes I do comedy. I'm an undefeated professional wrestler except for one match. And I do a radio show where I'll entertain the living hell out of you with sports takes and some stories from my crazy life. The dumbest sports show to ever exist, The Pat McAfee Show. We're on weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern starting Wednesday on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82, Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, or however the hell you stream in your house. The landscape of pro wrestling is evolving, which means more options for fans. So many activities. Mark Henry and Ryan McKinnell are here to answer the difficult questions. What was the best show this week? If you ain't first, you're last. The week's over, so get over. This is the Busted Open Weekly Winner. And that's right. You know what time it is. Hour three here on Busted Open getting underway. I'm Ryan McKinnell. That is the one and only innovator of violence tommy dreamer in for the one and only mark henry and it is weekly winter time tommy dreamer where we give the nation the best show that was in the week of professional wrestling it's been a pretty steady battle between aew and smackdown over the last few months nxt's gotten in there a little bit i believe raw's gotten in there once or twice and we even got a an appearance from impact there a few weeks ago as well so it's been a pretty tight race everyone putting on solid professional wrestling and tommy we knew it was going to be a tight one this week because we knew raw was going to bring the heat coming off of royal rumble it usually happens in that way it certainly did this monday monday with an amazing show a really strong show and i'll tell you what as we get into weekly winner and we start breaking it down the reason why i loved monday uh, a lot more than i normally do was due to one man and one man only and it wasn't edge it was the one and only Carlito making his return to Monday nights after all those years away. Of course, we saw him at the Royal Rumble on Sunday, Tommy, but to see Carlito come back on Monday, and according to reports, maybe uh, a little bit more than Monday. We might be seeing more of Carlito into the future. I, I can't say enough how much I hope that comes to fruition. Fruit-ition? Uh, no pun intended. No, listen, Carlito is just, again, I think we were talking about it during break, Tommy. Truly, I mean, to me, a top guy, uh, unbelievable on the microphone, really solid in the ring, and then coming back on Sunday, looking, what, two, being billed at 250 pounds, an absolute monster. I love seeing Carlito back in the mix, man. Absolutely. Sands the apple because you can't spit on people anymore. Um, well, <laughs> it's okay. 
uh, at least again followed up with uh, that uh, at the Rumble, where you know they even said something like that. Um, Carlito in great shape. I had to basically fire him from House of Harcourt. He had a lifetime House of Harcourt contract, and even though I haven't been running shows, I basically had to let him go. So I wish him the best future luck endeavors. And now he showed up on Raw, so good for him. Um, I hope uh, he does well. Carlito, amazing performer. Um, I love working him. I always love having him on my show because I know he's going to deliver. And I hope uh, he, that continues for him because uh, he deserves it. And like you said, has been he's a body guy now. And uh, yeah, he's, right. And you know, we also talk about the past. Go on your Amazon Prime. And you could find IWA, and I looked at a young Carlos Colon, and he had a big-ass fro, and he was doing moves. And I was like, the first time ever where I was like, I now see your, you and your father. I never saw that before until I saw it. It's from 1974 wow. and, or 75, and I was just like, wow, like he so looks like his dad. Um, and that's what I love about it. But, yeah, Carlito coming back uh, was amazing. Uh, great time. Yes. I just love that you go back and you watch. I mean, you lived it. You're an encyclopedia of pro wrestling. I just, I can't stress. We all love pro wrestling, right? And and us, of the, us, us that are lucky enough to work in the business, whether it's me in a minimal capacity or Tommy being a legend, whatever the case may be, the passion is obviously there, Tommy. But I, you're a passion for this business. You don't ever seem to get worn out on it. You love revisiting past memories. You love finding new things. You really are the perfect guy for this show. I, I, I'm not, I'm really not trying to blow smoke up no, your ass. I, I just it. find it fascinating because I, I spend so much time with people in sports, 30 year, 40 year vets in, in sports radio, and they hate sports now. They've been doing it so long. I mean, not, not hate's probably a strong word, but they're just, they're so used to it. They're so beaten down by the grind. It's not that that passion isn't what, what it used to be. You're turning 50 next Saturday. Saturday. You've been in this business 30 years and that passion still seems as fresh as I would imagine it did when you were 1920. And that's, that's incredible to me. Oh, absolutely. As well as I miss it. I miss performing yeah. in front of the fans. And I think I have, I mean, I have a weird obsession with it, like between clothes and <laughs> I watch way too much wrestling. I mean, I wake up, I do 45 minutes of cardio a day and I usually watch wrestling and then later on, I'll go work out and I watch the WWE Network or uh, I go to sleep watching wrestling. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, and not because matches are putting me to sleep. It's just the last thing I usually do. I watch at least one match a day, but now I'm watching like one show a day and it has nothing to do with this. Uh, I enjoy it. Um, if I'm going to tell you my weekly winner, is that, can I tell yeah. you my weekly winner? My weekly winner would be the Royal Rumble for the simple fact of... It gave me so many holy shit moments. For sure. Um, and here's why. I didn't know anything. The best part about um, this COVID world, spoilers aren't leaking. At times they are, but I, you know, it's so hard That's a great to point. when there was live events because people would see Carlito landing in the airport and they'd be like, Carlito's here or right. Victoria's here. Um, it's so good that I could literally go back and watch it like as a wrestling fan or watch it how I told you the first time I ever had a, a Royal Rumble well, I watched the Royal Rumble I was in the business I had a Royal Rumble party with a bunch of my friends we all chipped in to watch the Royal Rumble um it, it's just those moments that yes that make me a fan and I'm not down there have been times I, I've gotten down about wrestling and I watch stuff that makes me remember why I was a fan. And, and to talk to the caller, the historian, 
I think of my life before wrestling, it was sports. And though I never got away from sports, but my Saturdays were Little League. And it was just like baseball, baseball. I wanted to be a baseball player. And then I saw wrestling and Dusty Rhodes. And then I just wanted to be a wrestler. And my Saturdays used to be like, okay, get up, watch cartoons, go play your Little League game at like 11 or 12. My Saturdays changed and it was 9 a.m. to uh, either 10 or 11. I would watch... Uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling, and then like they did, it moved to six oh five. But then I would watch all this wrestling from the last one would be at noon, which was like AWA, and then I'd go or VCR it, go play my little league games, and then at five o'clock would be World Class on MSG. Six o'clock then was Georgia Championship Wrestling, and then at midnight was WWE. And for like a ten eleven year old kid trying to stay up to midnight, that was like so hard but i did it for the anticipation <laughs> like every yeah. saturday was was christmas to me because of wrestling or begging my father to take me to the bronx so we could go to wrestling magazine you know a, a stationery store that had the most wrestling magazines or then i find like for for birthday gifts i got subscriptions to wrestling magazines and i could not wait till like the new ones came out and i thought i was cool cuz i'd have the new information first and then i'd go back and i'd tell my friends well did you know that you know, Butchery defeated Dory Funk Jr. And he's the new, you know, champion in Florida. And be like, I didn't know that. How'd you know that? Well, because I have insider information, which was a magazine that came like probably a week before it hit newsstands. But that's been my life. And I always say like everything I have, I, I have a good life. And it's because of I followed this dream. And I still want to continue to follow my dream. And, you know, when we talk about people, we, I asked Derek Brooks on this show, hey, Derek, uh, if you had the opportunity to play in Sunday's game and you already won a Super Bowl, would you do it? He's like, hell yeah. And, and for me, like, if you're going to go, like, real, um, Rich Swan offered me a title shot. Who would not take it? I said it about right. David Arquette. Hey, David Arquette, you're a big wrestling fan. You have tattoos of wrestling on your body. Would you like to be champion? If someone went to you today and said, hey, would you like to be in a movie? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Bye. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you can't. And then I also like hearken to the past because I said a 26-year-old was the real number one contender. I defeated two guys, and then I gave my title shot to a 53-year-old man named Terry Funk going into that first ever ECW pay-per-view. And I did not want to do it until my boss, Paul Heyman, said, listen, wouldn't you do that? Wouldn't you give that to Terry Funk? Because it's going to be his last title opportunity. And I was like, you're right, I would. And then it, it played out that way. Back then, there was no hate about it. But now they're just because of social media. People have to crap on anything. Everyone, Ryan McKinnell is wearing a White Sox hat because he likes the White Sox. Do you know how much people will hate because of something that you like? That's wrong. Like, Yeah, but, so I, but I made up for it. I got a Daryl shirt. I got a Daryl shirt. <laughs> well, what I'm just saying represent, is that's represent your, Hiromu over there. So that's yeah. your opinion, and you're entitled to it. But you don't have yeah. to hate on somebody for liking a White Sox uh, hat. Dave gets so mad at me because I like so many different teams. No, because I like the game. And then when I use my wrestling analogy on, he just says it doesn't apply. So I'm like, okay, it's, it's a battle you can't win, Tommy Draper. All right. So listen, I'm gonna. I don't listen. We don't do Tommy. We've done weekly winner before. We don't give the winner to the pay-per-views. Now yeah, I don't care. I can't really say you can't do it because you're the innovator but of violence. No, you but can think do whatever of the week that want. we had. Yo, think for Raw, sure. Raw was solid. Impact super yes. solid. 
AEW, NXT, super solid. SmackDown, solid. There's no way I can say I liked one show over the other. The only thing I could say, I like the pay-per-view over. If I have to trump all those, it's the pay-per-view. That's my week. And it happened within the week, Saturday to Saturday. So, duh. All right. All right. All right. Well, again, I will go child on you. I'm letting Tommy take the Royal Rumble here, but I am going to pick a winner because, well, I have to. I'm being forced into it. And that's what's great, though, Tommy. It's not an easy decision. And damn it, that's a good problem to have, right? When we, when you literally can't put one over the other, and, and I'm with you. Like, I don't know. Man, you're talking minutia. You're talking fractions of like what you want as a fan to make up a great pro wrestling show. With Monday, I covered it. I mean, in terms of Orton and Edge, that's a great story. We had a caller chime in earlier about the great work Alexa Bliss is doing. That is unquestionable, right? The return of Carlito in that capacity with Jeff Hardy, that was really cool to see. There was just a lot of good stuff for a three-hour show on Monday. Uh, then you go to Wednesday, Tommy coming off, obviously. the kind, I feel like it's a continuous continuation with impact we get a we get that story on tuesday uh, now tied in with aew it's i feel like it's a little bit of a tease uh it, it's its own show obviously right but it's taken on this whole new sort of gravity and weight with this partnership that we're watching sort of unveil as well with on wednesdays and then you get to wednesday we talked about the great show that was nxt edge showing up uh doing his thing putting over and giving the rub to a little bit of pete dunn and and then obviously the carry and cross uh segment that we talked about that was awesome all the great matches we didn't even touch yet on that fantastic main event uh on nxt in the tag between the undisputed era and thatcher and champa that was badass uh, and then you get to it was, it was. I mean, especially it's great, Tommy. And I know you'll agree with this, how much the dusty cup, the dusty classic has done for tag team wrestling and the pairings that it offers and the matches it's given us. It's a really great time of the year. And we're really what, what the third year into it or whatever the hell it is. It's still fresh, but it's it, again, it, it, it's just a really exciting thing to have happen. And again, in a company like the WWE, where I feel like tag team wrestling maybe isn't, you know, the most premium of product. It's nice to see that importance put on it. Absolutely. Uh, and it's proven to work because of all the pairings that we have in the great matches that we're having. Yeah. Yeah. And, for sure. and I'm a big Champa and Thatcher. It's, I like the tag teams that don't get along because it's always like, well, just look what happens when they do. Yeah. Also, I feel like there's a level of seriousness with Champa. It really stood out to me. He's got the horseshoe head going. He's let the bald grow out. So he's got that old man vibe going. He's got the gray on the side. I feel like mm -hmm. there's an there's an ad, there's an added seriousness and old man strength factor with Champa now. He's even more terrifying than he was, you know, six, eight months ago. I don't know about that. I'm trying to regrow <laughs> my hair. I'm trying to get the Bianca Belair thing going on. Oh, yeah. I'm working on it. That, I got about another two more years going. Yeah, I've named my Paris. two ponytails. One is named Edge, <laughs> and the other one's name is Christian, by the way. Thoughts and prayers to your head on that one. Good luck. Good luck, Tommy Dreamer, on uh, getting that Bianca Belair whip. Speaking of Bianca Belair, it was nice I, to finally see her use that hair after however many months. She took it, took it to Reggie last night on SmackDown. I will innovate some violence with a big, giant ponytail like that. You have no clue. <laughs> She's very innovative as well. And when you also like talk about weekly winner, I, I Guns has chimed in that his weekly winner was Bad Bunnies uh, showing up on Raw, so he's now uh, never allowed to talk on our show. Well, that ever. that you know what that, but that does stick with the brand of the Guns that we know, right? We referenced his love for Avril Lavigne in two thousand two. Uh, in terms of brand recognition and the strength of Guns's brand, here we sit almost twenty years later, Tommy Dreamer and. Bad Bunny is at the top of the charts. And where's Guns? Right next yep. alongside him. Guns is a finger on the 
pulse guy, Tommy Dreamer. You can't deny it. He is America. Guns is America. Keep hey, it in hot, baby. Keep it in hot. You're not allowed to speak. Guns, Shut up. Guns, get your strip club voice off that microphone right now. How about Bad Bunny literally should have pr- thanked God after he that Royal Rumble when he almost slipped and burned when his back foot, when he went to jump off the top rope. Yeah. If he would have wiped out, he would have been a gif and a meme for the rest of his life. Hey. If hey. that ever. Uh, he was uh, a fraction. And it, it shows you where people think they could do what you can do. What you see in the ring is simple, and it's something as simple. Climb up and jump off, and it's so not. Um, and he should just thank God that happened because it was it was a hair away from pure disaster and embarrassment for the yeah. rest of his life. Better than Snoop. Better than Snoop. So I'll give I'll give Bad Bunny that. Uh, listen, Tommy, I'm going to wrap this up as we we finish up weekly winner. We got Keyshawn Johnson coming up in about 15 minutes to talk some Super Bowl as uh, we look forward to the Chiefs and the Buccaneers in about 24 hours, Tommy. But listen, SmackDown was a great show. Another solid show anchored by the head of the table, Roman Reigns, right? Wednesday was a great show with the Dusty Classic and Edge showing up and everything happening on that program. But listen, Tommy, I, I, when you talk about moments, when you talk about matches, when you talk about this show that left the biggest impression on me and the show that I enjoyed the most, it is without question, AEW. First of all, the match between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Are you kidding me? That match was one of the matches of the week. One of the best matches of the week. Uh, Absolutely incredible. Then you get into uh, again the main event that you saw in AEW, which was which was good. Had this sh- had the appearance from the Good Brothers over from your company Impact teaming with Kenny Omega taking on Moxley, Pack, Ray Phoenix, right? But the real takeaway from that Wednesday show was Kenta showing up at the end of the show, attacking Moxley, continuing that story from New Japan, and signaling what to me is a new era in the professional wrestling business. Where it's going to go, how it's going to play out, I don't know, but frankly, I don't care because I've been waiting for something like this for years. I think the wrestling world out there has been waiting for something like this for years, at least 20, for viable competition, a viable counterproduct to the WWE WWF that is on cable television every single week on Turner like it used to be 20 years ago there's just so many factors with this Tommy that got me excited I have to give Wednesday I have to give AEW the weekly winner because I felt like a kid again just from that just from that absolutely and just so to to prove my point where we we're talking about before yeah. And you talked about Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. You said, what a great match. What an amazing match. Um, you said it twice. You never said, what a great woman's match. What a great, uh, it's no longer yep. ingrained in our brain to say that because it, it is what it was. It was a great match. And, and I love that. And that's where we're just, I'm proving the point of mm-hmm. uh, how our brains have been trained to think differently, which is good. And it, it's progressive. For you, yes, uh, uh, fabulous show with AEW. And again, Kenta showing up, great, great, great for business because it gets everybody talking. Just like yes, uh, the best part about wrestling, and like I said, like how I used to consume it, how I still consume it, is I could look at you know where they're going to go for Raw, where they're going to go for Impact, where they're going to go for AEW, where they're going to go for NXT. I literally have no day to go and breathe. And then I, because I have Thursday, 
It's my only day I could do that. But I'm still thinking about because I got to I watch one show unless I have to do a show on Thursday. Right. I, I try to space them out. And then I have Friday for SmackDown. It's just like, look where, again, I have the options to watch all this stuff and, and just to be like, wow, think of all the players. Think of all like the things that we're being able to witness in a world that has been pretty crappy. But that's why wrestling is supposed to help us escape from our crappy, and it does a great job doing it. Do you, I'm the same way in terms of Wednesday. Like, I want to give – I know some people who watch both shows at the same time. I will not do that. I cannot do that. I, I want to give, you know, I want to give the right attention, obviously, the proper attention to both shows. Do you have a show that you watch first? Because I usually watch AEW first, Tommy. I'm not going to lie. And then I either watch NXT after or I catch it the next morning and sort of do like what you were saying. Uh, do you have a Do you have a system on Wednesdays? Well, because I don't lie to uh, the audience, I watch the Goldbergs first. Um, it's okay, one of my nice. favorite shows. Uh, and then I will watch, I'll turn on the television, I'll see what's on, but I also kind of watch it through my phone or listen to it. Okay. And then um, I'll start with NXT. If I have to watch them both, I'll watch AEW first and then NXT. Uh -huh. um, by the time I'm you know, doing stuff with my daughters, all that stuff, it's usually when both shows are over, and I'll get a flow of the show to what I want to watch first. Gotcha. It's normally AEW, plus because of like you know I have I can't say I have friends in both companies, but with Impact now doing stuff there, right. I want to see right. how that stuff went about. So it's usually AEW, and then the next it's NXT. But I enjoy both shows equally, and again like. It's just so great to be a wrestling yeah. fan in 2021 and even think about in 2020 because it 2020 was the suckiest year for the world, but wrestling kept on moving forward, which is great. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.